Hello, and welcome to the River of Life podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Open your Bibles to the book of 1 John. We're in the second chapter. We'll start reading in verse 18. 1 John, the second chapter, beginning in verse 18. We're in a study of the entire book of 1 John. And this is how far we have gotten so far. And the title of the study is The Last Apostle, because John was just that. He was the last living apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he penned the last words that would be recorded in the Bible. So we call it The Last Apostle. And well, let me read the text today, and then I'll expound on it just a little bit. 1 John chapter 2 beginning in verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Now, Our study in this book of 1 John has brought us, as I said last week, to one of the most interesting studies to be found in all the Bible. We've come to that subject of the Antichrist and the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, if you were not here last week, the first message uh, is recorded. You can pick it up in the lobby as you leave, free of charge. Uh, But I would encourage you to do that. But basically what we're looking at here is according to this last apostle, John. He says that the Antichrist is coming. He's coming into the world. But John doesn't stop there. He tells them, that early church, those first churches, he said, but the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. It's already here. It's already among us. You see, if you go back and study the writings of Paul and John what you, and others, you'll find out that the very first churches that were established, they were already talking to them about the spirit of Antichrist and about the Antichrist that would come. And so here we are some 2,000 years later, and the spirit of Antichrist is still growing in the world. In fact, it's like wildfire right now. And over the next few weeks, we will be looking at that. The two things I want you to understand very clearly in this study is this. I want you to know this. According to the Word of God, the Antichrist is coming. 
There is a man, one man, who will be the Antichrist, and he is coming. But I also want you to be clear on this subject. It's not like we've got to wait for him to show up. The spirit which will usher in the ultimate Antichrist into the world is very much alive right now and growing rapidly. And we need to be aware of that. Now, what I want us to do is basically just pick up right where we left off last week. Antichrist, man of sin, lawless one, false Christ, beast, son of perdition. These are all names for the same person. One man. This is talking about the Antichrist. The Satan-inspired dictator of the world who will rule the world in the last days. Now, according to the Bible, he will be controlled completely by Satan. He'll be like a puppet on a string. He will be Satan's man. He will be Satan's superman. And I want you to understand today that if you believe the Bible then you have to believe that there is coming one who will be the extreme opposite of Christ himself. Thus, the Antichrist. Now, here's, here's what we know about the Antichrist. And, and I'll just recap a little bit of last week's message, and then I have one more point I want to add to that. But here's what we know. We know when he will arrive on the world scene. Now, we don't know when as far as an actual date is concerned. But what we know is we know according to the Bible that he will return prior to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 3. And one of the reasons I want to read this again is because many, many people told me last week that this passage of Scripture was an eye-opener for them. It says, Now, brethren... Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him. Now friends, that's talking about the rapture. That's talking about the return of our Lord. In this same uh, letter to the Thessalonians, Paul talked about, Our Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Paul, in this letter, talks a great deal about the rapture, the time when our Lord and Savior will return. And in this part of the letter, he says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to Him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us. There were imposters in that day who were sending letters and signing their own names to it. He said, even if you receive a letter with our name on it, don't you believe it if it says anything other than what I'm telling you now. He says, as though the day of Christ has come, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Now, friends, if you believe, as I do, that the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is near, then you also have to believe that the coming of the Antichrist is also near. And I tell you, we live, and you could say, well, man, these are 
are turbulent and terrible days we live in. Well, that's one way to look at it, but there's another way to look at it. These are exciting days for us to be living in. Now, what I did last week is I gave you some unmistakable ways of identifying the Antichrist. And, and these are easy to remember, and I believe with all my heart that you will have no problem or anybody who's a true child of God will have any problem identifying the Antichrist. I began last week with the most obvious. The first thing he'll want to do is he'll want to put a tattoo on the back of your hand or on your forehead. Now somebody said, Pastor, Pastor, come on, you, you got to wake up. It's not a tattoo. It is a microchip that, he's gonna, that they're going to want to put under our skin. Well, maybe so. I won't argue the point, but I'm just one of those old-fashioned preachers. I still believe what the Bible says. I, I really don't believe it's going to be a microchip. I believe it's going to be a mark, just like the Bible says. I believe it'll be an identification mark that'll be on the back of your hand or on your forehead. It will identify you to everybody in the world that you are in step and in allegiance with the Antichrist, if you have that mark, and you won't be able to buy or sell or do business unless you have that mark. Now, what we're trying to do is learn how to identify the Antichrist. So, if you believe me or the microchip crowd, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't let them put a mark or a microchip on me. So just be safe and don't take either one of them. That's, that's a good way to do that. No, no tattoos, no microchips. So, all right? He'll want to put a tattoo on you. The other thing that will be unmistakable is he will demand that you worship him. He'll demand that you and everybody else in the world worship him and bow down before him and call him God and acknowledge that he is the high God. He, the Bible says he will, he will exalt himself above everything that is called God. Now, if somebody comes along and they want to put a tattoo or a microchip on you and they want you to bow down before them and call them God, uh, you won't have any trouble identifying that, will you? I mean, that'll be pretty obvious. Oh, let me think. Could you be the Antichrist? No, I don't believe anybody here is that slow. Now, <laughs> at least I hope we'll have prayer at the end of the service. You come forward, we'll lay hands on you. If you don't get it by now. Listen, he's going to be a miracle worker. The Bible says he will come with all power, signs, and wonders. He's going to be an amazing miracle worker. He's going to have charm and charisma and influence. And he's going to have miraculous power. And he's going to rally the forces of the world. He, he will be more powerful, more charismatic, more influential, more miraculous than anybody this world has ever seen. Now you say, will he be more than Christ? Believe it or not, I think so. Because Christ came to reveal the glory of God, not to put on a demonstration and a display before the world. So I actually think it will go beyond that that the world saw when Christ was here. But he's going to be a miracle worker. So tattoo, bow down and worship before him. Uh, he's going to put on quite a show for everybody. And then I think the last thing I shared with you last week is that he will savagely persecute the saints of God. Uh, one passage of Scripture, by the way, this is both Old and New Testament, give us passages of Scripture that tell us that he will make war against the saints. 
He will declare war against anybody and everybody who will not receive his mark, who will not worship him, who will not bow down before him. And by the way, everybody else in the world is going to do it except those who know Jesus. The whole world will fall into line and in step except those who know Jesus. And he will wage war against the saints. And believe it or not, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says he will overcome them for a season. It'll look like he's winning the war. But you haven't heard the rest of the story, and we'll talk about that later. That's what it'll look like. Now, what I want to do is I want to, I want to read something to you here in just a moment, but I want to tell you that this man is going to be the greatest deceiver this world has ever known. He's going to deceive more people. He's going to be so deceptive. He's going to be so influential. And so we're just going to call him the great deceiver. Now, the Bible says that he is unrighteous. He's coming with all unrighteous and ungodly deception. Now, He's not just deceiving, he's coming with all ungodly deception. Do you understand that the world has seen many, many, many deceivers? And we've seen some great deceivers. But friends, this will be the greatest deceiver who has ever lived. He will deceive more people than anybody the world has ever seen in the pit of deception, if you please. Listen, here, here's, here's what the Bible says. And this is the scripture. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. So that's where he's going to get his power. With all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all, here it is, unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Friends, the world has seen some great deceivers, but the world has never seen a deceiver like the one that's coming. He's coming with all unrighteous deception, with all power and signs and wonders. Now, I, I, I wish I could take a whole message and stop right here, but here's what I want to tell you, friends. If you ever hear that there is some man in the world who's performing signs and wonders and miracles and doing the greatest things that have ever been done on earth. Don't assume it's of God. It may not be of God. I know you've heard the saying, everything that glitters is not gold. And friends, the Bible teaches that everything that's miraculous is not of God. And one of the things that will happen in the end time is the enemy will display power, signs, and wonders, but not to help people. It'll be to deceive people completely. Now, I told you a moment ago that I was going to share some things with you that you'd probably never heard about the Antichrist, and we have uh, reached that point in the message. And here it is. There's something you need to know as strange as it is, and this is hard to digest, I'm just going to tell you right now. 
but I'm going to show you right out of God's word. As strange as it is, God himself is not going to fight against this deception for a season. You, you, you see, God's not going to fight against the Antichrist at first. In fact, all the lies and the deception and the deceit of the Antichrist, the Bible teaches us that God will enhance it, that God will intensify it, that God will magnify it. In fact, friends, the Bible leads us to believe that God will actually be there helping the Antichrist deceive the world. Now, I, I, I know that sounds so strange to you, but can I, can I just say this, and I'm not trying to be arrogant, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all, and I'm not trying to tell you I know more than other preachers, but can I tell you this, that America has received kind of a cotton candy message of the gospel for so long that when somebody reads the truth to us, we can't hardly receive it. And, and I'm just telling you, what I'm sharing with you is right out of God's word. I'm going to read the very same text again. Uh, we'll, we'll highlight. I think we have highlighted the part I want you to see. The coming, this is Second Thessalonians 2, 9 and, uh, through 12. Uh, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Wow. Wow. God will send upon the world, strong delusion that they will believe the lie. That they will believe the lie of the Antichrist. That they will believe the lie of the enemy. That they will believe the lie of the spirit of Antichrist. God will be throwing into the world and pouring out on the world a spirit of strong delusion, the Scripture says. The word delusion means deception. God will be sending deception into the world. When a person is delusional, it means that they don't have the ability to believe or to perceive or to comprehend the truth. They can't accept the truth if it's right in front of them. They are, are so committed to, they are embracing falsehood. So strongly that the truth cannot reach them. They are imprisoned in falsehood. If a person is delusional, it means they are imprisoned in falsehood. God is sending into the world strong delusion. Now, why in the world would God do that? Why would He do that? And I'm so thankful that the Bible tells us exactly why. Look at the text again. I'm looking at verse 11. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. You see, friends, God sends delusion into the world so that the world will actually believe the lie of the Antichrist. And that's the reason He does that. 
So what you have is you have God pouring out a deluding, deceptive, delusional spirit on the world at the exact same time that the most deceptive person who has ever lived is living on planet Earth. Now friends, this is a strange and rarely talked about subject of the Bible. But this is no exaggeration. It's all over the Bible. It's everywhere. If you go back to Exodus, the ninth chapter. And what we do is when we find scriptures that don't line up with our particular paradigm, our particular interpretation of scripture, we just read over them and ignore them. But friends, that's not the way we should read the Bible. If you go all the way back to Exodus chapter 9, verse 12, it says, But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. Who hardened the heart of Pharaoh? God did. Now, you may say, why? And we could spend a whole hour talking about the theological possibilities of why God hardened his heart. I think one of the best explanations is, is if you read before this, this statement, it says, Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. The Lord hardened his heart. See, Pharaoh started out hardening his heart, but before it was over with, God was hardening his heart. But God did that. Now, this is a God that most of us don't want to know anything about. We, we would rather somebody make us feel good and tell us that God would never do anything like that. But isn't it time we actually read what the Scripture says? Uh, uh, listen in the book of Psalms. Almost the same thing. Psalm 81, 11, and 12. But my people would not heed my voice and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Whoa! Whoa! God gave them over to their own false ways. He labored with them. He sent prophet after prophet after prophet. He begged them. He pleaded with them. He wooed and tugged at their hearts. But there came a time when God said, Okay, this is what you want. This is what you get. There used to be an old preacher in Wakula County. He had a sermon. He preached it for me many times. I'd ask him, in fact, I'd ask him to preach this sermon. And the title of his sermon is, You Can Get What You Want, But You May Not Want What You Get. God said, Okay, if this is what you want, it's what you're going to get. Now, <clears throat> all through the Bible we find it. Isaiah 29, 9 and 10 said, Are you amazed and incredulous? Don't you believe it? Then go ahead and be blind. You are stupid, but not from wine. You stagger, but not from liquor. For the Lord has poured out on you a spirit of deep sleep. He has closed the eyes of your prophets and your visionaries. Isaiah was saying, you have rejected God to the point that now God has rejected you. Isaiah said to the people of his day, you couldn't wake up if you wanted to. Because God has put you in a deep sleep. Wow. Let's go to the New Testament. I think the New Testament is even stronger on this subject. I'll, I'll begin with Romans 1, 26 through 28. For this reason, God gave them up 
to vile passions. For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one for another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. You see, they knew about God, but they didn't want to retain any knowledge of God. They cast it aside. They didn't want anything to do with that. But even as they did not like to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Now, friends, let's make something real clear today. And, and when you read the Bible and you study the Bible and you preach the Bible, it's important that you know the Bible. According to 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, you might want to write that down. Please don't look it up and read it now because you're going to miss something if you do. But according to 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, drunkards can all be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Can all be sanctified through salvation. Can all be justified through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It spells it out. It names these sins. And it says that God can do this. But friends, the Bible also says in Romans, the first chapter, that if we persist in our sin, if we persist in ignoring the truth about God and who God is, that there will come a day when God will say, okay, I will turn you over to your own vile affections. I will turn you over to your own reprobate mind. I will send, if you please, a delusional spirit on you. Have you ever wondered why people can't comprehend, why they can't understand, why they can't see the truth? Well, friends, the reason they can't see the truth is because they can't see the truth. Some have already been turned over. Wow. The strongest statement on this subject, by the way, you're a quiet crowd today. I'm telling you, this is heavy stuff. We like cotton candy, don't we? But this is not, this, this is tough stuff, but we need this stuff. The strongest statement to me, I think you can find on this subject, came out of the mouth of Jesus. John 12, 40. The Lord has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts so that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. Do you understand Jesus Christ, the personification of God, the Son of God, God in the flesh, walking around on this planet, stated while He was here that there are many, many, many people that I cannot help them and I cannot heal them because God has blinded their eyes and God has hardened their hearts. And they cannot receive the truth. Wow. Wow, those are strong statements, aren't they? Listen, friends. When a man hardens his heart against God, when a man rejects the truth of God, 
When a man does not want to retain the knowledge of the truth of God and he hardens his heart, there will come a day and a time in his life when God will increase the hardness of his heart. God will intensify. God will magnify the hardness of his heart. God will send upon him a delusional spirit. God will turn him over to a reprobate mind. God will turn him over to the deception and the lies that he has chosen to follow. There comes a time. Now, I'm so thankful that I can stand before you and tell you that our God is a long-suffering God. And God will strive with you for a long time. And he'll strive with the world for a long time. But there comes a time when God will no longer strive with man. Now, friends, that's Scripture. That's, That's what the Bible says. I stand before you today as your pastor. I am duty-bound. I am obligated by my responsibility to preach the Word to tell you that the same God who loves you so much that He sent His only Son to die for you, the God who wants you to be saved, He wants to cleanse your life, change you, reform you. He, He wants you to spend eternity with Him. The same God who loves you that much will one day oppose you. If you do not love the truth and allow that truth to lead you to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, friends. You you see, if a man will not receive the love of Christ that leads him to true salvation, I believe what I'm about to tell you with all my heart. If a man will not receive the love of Christ, that will lead him to salvation. There will come a day when God himself will take that option off the table. God will remove that option. God will send him a spirit of delusion. God will begin to harden his heart. God will turn him over to a reprobate mind. Friends, I tell you that people in the world who are rejecting the truth and they keep rejecting the truth and they keep rejecting the truth, there will come a day when they will no longer have to reject the truth because they won't even be able to see the truth anymore. God will blind their eyes. That's what Jesus was talking about. Their eyes have been blinded and their hearts have been hardened. Now, here's what the Bible tells us, friends. The Bible tells us that when the Antichrist comes, listen to me, when the Antichrist comes, this won't be true just of a few people in the world. This will be true of the whole world. All at one time, God will be pouring out a spirit of delusion upon the world. And everybody in this world who has rejected the truth and the love of God, their whole lives will receive something else from God. They will receive a delusional spirit. And that spirit will be so that they will believe every lie of the Antichrist. Now, for those of you who are skeptics, for those of you who think, I don't think it's possible, I know the Bible says it, but I don't think it's possible that one man could ever uh, bring the whole world into unity and rally every nation, every kindred, every tongue. For those of you who don't think it's possible for one person to do that, see what you're forgetting is you have no idea what God is about to pour out on this world. And when God pours that spirit of delusion out on the world, Friends, I want you to know the Antichrist, it'll be the easiest thing he's ever done in his life to pull this world into one accord 
because their eyes are blinded. I want to read a statement to you. This is by John MacArthur. He says, The terrifying reality is that God will seal the fate of those who hate the gospel by sending upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false. Antichrist will deceive people with satanically empowered false miracles, signs, and wonders. His deception only will succeed because it fits into God's sovereign purpose. He will sentence unbelievers to accept evil as if it were good and lies as if it were the truth. Those who continually choose falsehood will inextricably be caught by it. They will be abandoned by God to the consequences of their choice to reject the gospel. Friends, there's coming a day. There's coming a day when the whole world, with the exception of true believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, will believe every lie of the enemy. They will believe every lie of the Antichrist. And friends, from where I stand, that doesn't look very far off. The world is certainly headed in that direction. Wow. Well, I know what some of you are thinking, Pastor. You have depressed the daylights out of me. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, Pastor, I don't have a clue how to respond to this message today. Well, can I help you? Can I help you? Have you received the truth? Do you love the truth? Has that truth led you to Christ in salvation? Have you become a new creature in Christ with old things passed away? Behold, all things becoming new. (laughs) Friends, if that's true, do you know how you should respond to this message today? (laughs) With rejoicing! Because your redemption is drawing nigh. It's getting closer every day. And by the way, we're not there yet. We will get there. But he will, the the true Christ, will consume and destroy the false Christ. But when he destroys him, he's going to destroy all evil. And so that's, that's that's how you respond. By the way, if you're not sure, if you're not sure about where you stand, You can still rejoice, but only if you're willing to receive the truth and love the truth and allow that truth to get you all the way to the one who can save you, forgive you, cleanse your life, and give you a new heart. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, I want to end this message with a warning. And by the way, there may not be one person in this house that needs this warning, but I feel led to say it anyway. If you continually and persistently reject the truth and put it off, one day God will close the door and you won't have an option anymore. And that's the truth. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank you again for listening to River of Life Podcast. If this message has touched you today, or if you need somebody to pray with you, please let us know. 
you can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email at info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for more information and directions.